Welcome to Jiri Snacks, snackable episodes about the Jiri exam and graduate school admissions. I'm Tyler, the founder of Achievable, and our affordable $199 Jiri course gives you everything you need to ace your Jiri exam. It's a full textbook, tons of Jiri questions backed by our memory enhancing algorithm, and full length practice exams. You can try it out for free at achievable.me, and if you like it, the code podcast gets you 10% off at checkout. Now let's get started. So today we've got Matt Roy from Guide to GRE on the line, and he also is the author of Achievable's GRE course. So Matt, do you want to just uh, give a little background on yourself? Yes. Hello. Hello, Tyler. Hello, everyone. So I, as Tyler just said, am the course author for Achievable, and I've been a tutor for many years now. I tutored independently, and a while ago I tutored, a long while ago, I tutored for a Kaplan. And I'm happy, happy to talk today. Yeah, very cool. So today's topic is one that actually um, I'm really curious to get your perspective on because we've had a couple other guests on the show that also like to talk about this Mm -hmm. one, uh, which is what did what you what do you do when you come across a question? Particularly, I mean, this typically happens on the quant, but either on the quant or the verbal where you just don't know how to answer it. Uh. You should uh, stand up and walk out. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I'm not getting a 170. This yeah. is over. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's sad. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, uh, yeah, I definitely have, I definitely have tips for both actually, uh, for some verbal and, and some quant question types. So that's a important point I want to make. Uh, for each question type, there's kind of a different way you should be thinking about guessing actually. Mm-hmm. And the first tip is to guess. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it yeah. doesn't hurt to guess. I mean, it also doesn't hurt to skip as long as you come back and guess later. Yes, definitely. So, I would even yeah, say maybe... you need to guess and then skip. Guess, flag it, and then skip because you do not want to be finishing a set or you don't want to be running out of time and realize there is a random question, like question 7 out of 20, that you need to click backspace a 100 times for or to go find Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't want that in the back of your head. So guess and then move on and, and go back later just in case. Just you make sure you time. flag it. Yeah. 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 Cool. Uh, That's a good tip. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. So guess obviously um, is the first tip, but there's a different way to guess for each question type. Okay. Um, yeah. Could you explain? Yeah. So we could talk about sentence equivalence first. Sentence equivalence questions are the ones with a, a sentence and a blank, and you choose between six words to go into the blank. You only choose a pair of words, actually, out of the six that go into the blank, and they must give the same meaning to the sentence. In essence, they have to be synonyms. Mm-hmm. So what I want to say here is what not to guess. Never okay. guess two words that have different meaning. <laughs> So okay. many people here, they they may actually think to themselves that, oh, these two different words that have a different meaning, they kind of make sense in the sentence alone, each. But if they don't give the sentence the same meaning, you're just choosing a wrong answer and, and you know it. So mm-hmm. don't do that. So you need to pick the answer choice that makes the most sense for the sentence. And then look through the rest. If you know the meanings of the other words and they don't 
actually they aren't synonyms to, to the answer the correct answer choice then you need to look at the ones you don't know and you need to guess the one one that you don't know mm-hmm. so it, it, basically you're guaranteeing yourself to be wrong if you choose things that you know are not of equal meaning or similar meaning right and and similar meaning in the context moving on to quant comparison mm-hmm. I generally tell people when they do not know what to do and they really feel like they need to guess for quant comparison and they don't want to waste too much time you should guess the answer D and there's a specific reason for this it's not because D occurs D, more. D by the way oh, just yeah. for the listeners D is the which answer yeah it's the one where you cannot tell the relationship between quantity A and quantity B Okay. It basically means it's impossible to know if quantity A or quantity B is greater or if they're equal. So why is that one the preferred guess? Yes. Not because it is it's definitely not because it occurs more than the others. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna make that claim. But I will say, given that you don't understand the question, or given that it seems too complicated, it makes it more likely that it is D. It might be D because it's so complex. Mm-hmm. Or it might be D because you don't even know where to start. Because there are many quant comparison questions that require no math at all. They actually just require conceptual knowledge that's in, that it's impossible to do. And they want to see if you waste time. Hmm. So that's why I would say D is a good guess. Got it. And and obviously, if you don't know the concept, that would make it obvious that it's a waste of time. Mm. And you're just like sitting there like, what am I supposed to do with this? Right. Like one of the questions that I remember um, from when I took I took the GMAT, not the GRE, but um, it was something like, you know, it was it was like a polynomial, but just like with Mm -hmm. really big numbers. So it was like, what is, you know, a thousand and one x minus one multiplied by you know nine 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 y plus one mm-hmm. right and it's like if you know how to do that it's really fast and if you don't you don't yeah right so that's that's where that's like where that stuff kind of comes up yeah that's where the course is useful so yeah <laughs> that's foil yeah. by the way yeah yeah um, exactly foil good times yeah but uh, I have a couple other points I wanted to make for other question types. Yeah, um, definitely. If you, if you don't know what to do, if you can't answer the question, you should use the answers. Well, sorry, I should, I should say this is for multiple choice questions. Mm-hmm. Use the answers as a clue as to how mm-hmm. to get to the answer. For example, some questions involve you know, lots of multiplication and division and many numbers that are to some exponent. Mm-hmm. If all of the answers, and, and it asks, what is this equal to? If all of the answers are 3 to a certain power, it's like 3 to the 3rd, 3 to the 4th, 3 to the 5th, something like this, then you should be translating everything in terms of 3. So mm-hmm. all of the numbers, like for example, if there's a 9 to the 3rd power, that 9 is 3 squared. Right. 3 squared to the 3rd power is 3 to the 6th. So use the answer, use the answers, and they, they will often be very similar in this question type, this, this similar, this specific situation. Use the answer to determine what that first step is. And the first step is to translate everything to three, three base. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Right. Got it. Mm-hmm. Um, one more thing. Uh, you know, if there's an algebra word problem and the answer is some sort of variable in the algebra word problem, you can plug in all of the answer choices into the equation to just determine which one is the right answer instead of using the equation to solve for the answer. So that's another thing you can do to uh, basically use the answer choices to, to figure out how to get the answer. Right. And then, I mean, ju this is kind of a different topic, but when you're, when you're guessing things, it, it might always, you know, especially if it's like a quantitative comparison with variables or things like that, it, it oftentimes can at least rule out a wrong answer or two if you plug in some numbers that are kind of like the basic like numbers where things break or don't break, right? So oh, like yeah. Zero, one, two, negative one, negative two. Fractions. Like, you know, things if, like if that. If they yeah, allow fractions. you. Yeah. Yep. For sure. Yeah. And I had just one more point, and mm -hmm. that is if you decide that you're going to guess, be fast. Mm -hmm. um, the reason is, and it, I mean it makes sense that you, uh, if you don't understand the question at all, you have no comparative advantage on that specific question <laughs> right. comparing to your skills on other questions. Time spent on that question is far less valuable than time spent on a question that you could approach. So if you decide that you're going to guess, do it fast so you have, so you have the time to move on and, and, and use your time on other questions. Mm -hmm. So that's one extra point about knowing what to do when you, when you don't know what to do. Well, do it fast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Got it. Don't waste yeah. I mean, if you're already, you know, let's say a one, a one out of five or one out of four chance of success anyway, mm. the best thing you can do is make sure you have more time for the questions that yeah. you have a much higher chance of success on. Yeah. Now, if the question is taking you down a path, though, and each mm -hmm. path kind of makes sense along the way, then follow the path. I'm talking about questions where you, you literally read it and you're, it's, it's a foreign language to you. you know? Right. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Great. Thanks, Matt. This has been Jiri Snacks, hosted by Tyler from Achievable. You can try out our Jiri course for free at achievable.me, and the code podcast gets you 10% off at checkout.